Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. Today we have got our waiver wire week four claims and every player that you need to consider picking up. We're coming off of a week three, really uh, kind of defined by the quarterbacks who were playing this week. I believe there were six quarterbacks who weren't starting last week that started this week. And of all those guys, I got to say, Daniel Jones looked the best. He was phenomenal. And he's one guy that we're going to talk about later on. But we we're talking about a plenty of more wide, or excuse me, plenty more players as a whole. Uh, as always, there'll be timestamps down in the description. If you guys want to listen to us on podcast, you can do that as well and leave a comment if you've got any questions down below. Uh, really nothing else to cover though, so let's get into the first guy as I think there's a lot of things and a lot of different players that we need to go over. There seem to be a lot of talent emerging this week. Yeah, so before we get to our first guy, a couple things real quickly there. One, we always say this every video. There's so many different leagues out there that we can't talk about every scoring system, bench depth, things like that. It's too, there's just too much to consider. So you have to flex this into your league. Uh, the other thing, this is the first week for buys. Buys start this week coming up. There's a 49ers, the Jets are on a buy. Uh, some early injury concerns out there, Julian Edelman, Chest. Uh, T.Y. Hilton quad and Saquon Barkley had to be the biggest one out there. He left. He returned in a walking boot and crutches. Uh, it didn't look good. I'm sorry for Barkley owners. That's got to just break your heart. I think you actually saw something you told me a few minutes ago about Edelman, right? Yeah. So as far as Edelman goes, it uh, looks like he already had an x-ray and nothing is broken at this point. And as you, you were talking about, we'll talk about probably a bit more about it later, but he'll probably play. Uh, there's reasons as to why he didn't return in that game, but we'll talk more about that later. However, again, I don't think anything's broken. At least that's what we've heard so far. Yeah. And then the final thing we want to mention, some people say, well, you release it so early, the waiver wire video, and we release a start sit video pretty early, late Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Um, well, here's the thing. Anything that we might miss today, we'll talk about on a start sit video regarding injuries, waiver wire. And then again, on Friday, Friday, we have a video. I don't know if you want to explain how that's going to work, but yeah, so we do videos on Friday and what we'll do is we'll pick a topic. Last week, it was trade targets or whatever it may be. And then at the second half of the video, and really, I think the most important part of the video is injury updates, getting you guys caught up. The reason we do that is uh, Friday is really when we start to find things out about these injuries. So we can be a bit more thorough and give you guys even more confidence. It also allows us to put out another video. Uh, we like to put out at least three videos a week. So that's really all we got for you guys, Rob. I believe you have the first player. All right. So the number one guy I want to talk about, and we've actually talked about him for a few weeks. I'm surprised he's still out there, but that's DJ Chark. He is 60% available out there. That's in a lot of leagues. I can't believe this. you got to grab this guy. I don't know why people are overlooking him. I don't know why they won't realize he's a legitimate, solid wide receiver out there. He's a star in the making. This six foot four second-year wide receiver is a physical freak. This guy has got a lot of skills. He crushed it in his combine workout. We did a few videos. We actually talked about some metrics, how he did his combine. Uh, I don't want to share that again to be redundant for those that follow us all the time. You don't need to hear that information. But if you want to know some more in-depth metrics about him and kind of what he did at the combine, watch our other videos, last week's waiver wire, or go to last year. We had a video released in July 2018 called Players You Should Know, and we talked about him in there. His recent success is not a fluke, okay? This is not. You can trust this guy. So last three weeks, if you didn't know, I'll just give you a quick overview of what he did statistically, right? In week one, comes out four catches, 146 yards and a touchdown. Okay, fluke, right? Week two, seven catches, 56 yards and a touchdown. And that's not, last week, he's facing a very solid Titans defense. That Titans defense is really good. And he goes out and has four catches, 76 yards and a touchdown. Now, he's got a little bit more difficult uh, matchup this week. He could face uh, Chris Harris cornerback for Denver there. I believe they're paying, uh, playing the Broncos this week. I don't know if you can confirm that or not, but I'm pretty certain of that anyways. But after this week, he's going to start to see some easier defensive backfields. That's going to open things up for him, that entire offense there. Now, the concern you would think for him is that they have a rookie quarterback starting. That would bring down his value. That was kind of where we had a concern going from week one to week two. Is, of course, Foles goes down. That's going to decrease his value. But I tell you what, Gardner Minshew looks good. Um, he looks really good. And you're going to talk about him later in the video, so I won't get into it. And he really trusts Chark. 
And that chemistry is going to continue to grow, though. You need to grab this guy, especially if you're in dynasty leagues. Shark should not be out there in 60% of leagues. He's too good. He's going to win you some games. All right, so another guy that we really like is Philip Dorsett. Now, he is 69% available. Um, and there are, you know, a lot of wide receiver options to consider, but he is very highly available. And this guy has huge upside as far as talent goes. And uh, pretty much everyone around the NFL has known that for a long time. He's a former first-round pick, so this is no surprise to see these last few games, how he has been performing. Uh, the numbers have been there. He comes out week one. He has four catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. He looks absolutely insane. And then they go out and they sign Antonio Brown. And to be honest, he just gets buried. He doesn't do anything week two. But there's Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon. Of course, they've got three or four different guys they're using in the backfield. Julian Edelman. He just gets buried on the depth chart. But then Antonio Brown leaves this last game uh, in week three. Josh Gordon struggled a little bit. And you know what? He has six catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. I think Philip Dorsett's not a guy that maybe cracks a lot of starting lineups every single week. Uh, but he's got a guy that has to be on your roster. He's a guy you have to consider. As we mentioned Antonio Brown before, he's released. He's not on the team anymore. Uh, Julian Edelman, he is banged up. If Julian Edelman misses any time or plays less than 100%, that of course adds value to Philip Dorsett. There's not a whole lot to talk about. He's got a Hall of Fame quarterback in Tom Brady. He's in a good system. This guy is a deep ball threat who's made plays. Two of the last three weeks, he has been a star. And the one week we didn't, we kind of have an excuse for him. He didn't disappear for talent issues or anything like that. So I think he's a really good wide receiver you need to consider. He is a high risk but high reward guy. So uh, Philip Dorsett, that's all I got to say about him. But he's a guy you should be picking up for sure. Another guy that you need to grab out there is Marquez Valdez-Scanley. He is 48% available. That means we're happy out there can grab this guy. This week, he's got a great matchup against Philadelphia. Philadelphia's been getting torched by wide receivers. Consider this in the first three weeks. Philadelphia's defense has given up four wide receivers that have broken over 100 yards receiving. And they're just getting torched by these guys. Here are the wide receivers that have gotten over 100 yards in the first three weeks versus them. Terry McLaurin, Marvin Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Julio Jones have all had over 100 yards. And two of those wide receivers, actually the number two guy on that roster, that means that some two wide receivers are performing really well against Philadelphia defense there. And that's really kind of what role he has in that Packers offense. He's the number two guy behind Devonta Adams. So that, I think, bodes really well for him. Now, his overall numbers haven't been great. Okay, so maybe you aren't that excited about it, but consider this. First three weeks, the Packers have played some very good defenses, Minnesota, Chicago, and Denver. So things are going to get better for that offense there. And he's clearly the Packers' number two wide receiver at this point. And that schedule, the Packers' schedule, they're going to start facing some defenses up, get a lot of points up to wide receivers. He had 10 targets today, which I like, shows that Rodgers is not afraid to look his way. Now, some people, I've heard a lot of talk out there. It's kind of weird that Aaron Rodgers has lost something, doesn't look as good as he used to look, things like that. You know, I'm going to say this right now. Aaron Rodgers is fine. Aaron Rodgers is having and going to have a great year. Right now, their team is 3-0, and and he's been very efficient. He hasn't thrown one interception. His schedule becomes very quarterback-friendly, and they're going to begin to score points. A lot of those wide receivers, a lot of those weapons are going to begin to benefit from their schedule shift right now. Once again, Aaron Rodgers is fine. Um, he's done everything he's needed to do. He hasn't done or need to do any more, really, in that offense. So I love this combination. I love this guy. I think he's going to be great. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he is 48% available out there. All right, guys, so at 46% available, we absolutely have to talk about Nelson Aguilar. And the first thing I have to say, got to put it out there, is his value is dependent on the health of Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. If both those guys are healthy, Aguilar doesn't have a lot of value. But if one of those guys or both of those guys is banged up, missing time, not playing at 100%, not playing in that game, he has a lot more value. Because we're coming into the season, this guy doesn't have a whole lot of value. He's not on a lot of people's targets. He's not owned in a lot of leagues. And then, boom, both those guys get hurt. He comes out. He has 23 targets in the last two weeks. He's been insane. 
Uh, two weeks ago, he had eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. That looked great. We talked, you know, it was just one week, but we talked about how this guy you should consider starting as a wide receiver three. And I continue to say he is a wide receiver three if one of those or both those guys is out. And then last week, he really backs that up. Eight catches, 50 yards, and two touchdowns in, in his last game. And so the numbers have been there. Uh, but again, to note, this is a guy you're going to have to stash on your bench and be ready to drop or be ready to not play this week, depending on the health of those other guys. Another guy that you should consider is Miko Hardman, 52% available. The speedster had a big 83-yard touchdown today. He looked fast. It gives him two long touchdowns two weeks in a row. He's too explosive and he's too fast to sit or to leave on the waiver wire. And he plays in a great offense with what's becoming, um, I guess you would say, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, you're right, I know it's early in his career, but Pat Mahomes is unlike anything I've ever seen. The guy is insanely good. Here's the concern I have for him, though. I think you, got, you need to look at, you can't overlook this guy, but he'll be inconsistent at times concerning his targets and catches. Demarcus Robinson also had a big touchdown today, kind of reminding us how hard it is to pin down consistent usage between those wide receivers there. And once Tyreek Hill comes back and becomes the number one wide receiver again, um, the snaps between the two, you look at uh, Hardman and Robinson, who's going to get it. I think we need to watch that, see how it plays out. Only time will tell uh, how that's going to work itself out and who you can trust. He had a nice game today. Once again, he had a touchdown, 97 yards. We only had two catches. He's only been averaging four targets uh, per game this season. Now, I took a look at it uh, going back all three weeks, and I looked at today. And that would be the Chiefs' target distribution, and they've been pretty consistent all three weeks. So here was today's line, but today's line, once again, is very similar to what they've done. The number one target guy, there's Kelsey with eight. He's always kind of been near the top and will be. Travis Kelsey is that go-to guy they trust. And number two, Sammy Watkins with eight. The number three, uh, what I would put running backs combined. And this is true every game they've played. They hit the running backs, you know. And today it was eight times they targeted them. Like last week it was nine times they targeted the running backs. Then at number four, um, I put 4A and 4B. I put Robinson and Hardman. They switched roles last week. One had five, one had four. This week it was opposite. This week Robinson had four targets. Hardman had five. I think you need to use this guy next couple weeks. I think he's very valuable as long as Tyreek Hill is out there. So use him, or if you already own him, you might want to think about trading this guy because his value is high. But whatever you do, don't let him stay in the waiver wire. He's definitely too talented and too much of an explosive offense to let that happen. Absolutely. So let's look at Deontay Johnson, 96% available out there. Uh, reports came out that he was going to start this week, and Dante Moncrief was inactive. They had, he had five drops in the first couple weeks, so uh, they were done with him. So the rookie third-round pick went out today, and he had three catches, 52 yards, a touchdown, and six targets there. Now, Mason struggled a little bit at times. If you watched that game, he had a couple big plays, but he also had some struggles there. Johnson's also a rookie, so I wouldn't count on him yet, but he's definitely a guy that you need to keep your eye on there and stash in deep leagues. All right, so here we got Preston Williams at 97% available. Uh, yeah, guys, there's a reason he's 97% available. I call him a watch more than a pickup player. Um, now, if you're in a deep league, certainly a guy to pick up. Uh, in the last two games, he had four catches for 68 yards and four catches for 63 yards. Nothing phenomenal, but I tell you what, that team that's rebuilding with his rookie, Preston Williams, he's going to get better over time. And you know what? I can't believe I'm saying this, but Josh Rosen looked at least a little bit better than Fitzpatrick did last week. And so I think things are looking better as we go into the future not a guy to play often but a guy if you're in deep leagues to pick up and at least keep your eye on Preston Williams yeah the Dolphins um, they've been terrible and they're going to be this year historically bad but they're going to get better they're not going to be this bad I mean, they're going to be bad all year don't get me wrong in fact I wouldn't be surprised at all if they finish 0-16 but they're going to make some improvements they'll put a few points on the board there and there'll be some garbage time stats to have maybe a few weeks down the road a uh, guy definitely to watch in dynasty leagues Adam Humphreys, I know you like this guy. I actually like him too. He's 94% available. 
He was brought in. They gave him a decent offseason contract, brought him into Tennessee to be uh, one of their starting wide receivers there. Disappointed the first two weeks. But he's a solid-handed wide receiver who had a very good week three. He goes out, he has six catches, 93 yards. Now he has the potential to develop into a sure-handed wide receiver that has value in PPR leagues as a wide receiver three or flex value. Uh, he's more, I'll go back to what you said. He's a guy that I probably won't grab at this point, but some of you are on sites where you can click the, the watch list. Put him on your watch list. And I think his usage is going to go up. I think his value is going to go up. And I think he's a guy that uh, Marcus Mariota is going to look to more and more and depend on trust. So keep an eye on him. All right, so now we've got names that you guys need to, um, I guess, better safe than sorry, names that you guys need to make sure they're not out for agency. They're not highly available, but if they are, absolutely pick them up. So first guy is Sterling Shepard at 26% available. He had a good week last week, and Daniel Jones is yeah, absolutely insane. He is what that offense needed. Um, Michael Gallup, this guy, other than having that little bit of banged-up injury, when he's played, he's been great, and that Dallas offense is insane right now. Dak Prescott looks great. you got to have this guy. Terry McLaurin, 35% available. Uh, I'll tell you, Case Keenum excuse me, looks better this week or this season than we really expected him to be, and that offense looks fine. And Terry McLaurin is one of the best young wide receivers. Of course, DK Metcalf, he's getting... Balls thrown to from Russell Wilson. I mean, you can't complain about that, and he has looked very solid. Despite missing most of the offseason, his rookie year, he still looks very sharp and very developed. And then, of course, Marvin Jones at 32% available. He just had a huge week today, six catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so, as always, we just want to put this reminder out there for you guys just to check your free agent waiver wire and make sure because you're going to be kicking yourself if you saw that they were out there and you didn't pick them up. Yeah, we look at Marvin Jones next week. I'm not a big Marvin Jones fan going forward week after week, but next week he's got a great matchup. So for you, he's a good plug-and-play if you need a wide receiver for week four there. So if you're hurting for running backs, and a lot of people are out there because we get a lot of questions, it's hard to find good running backs. The guy that you need to consider is Wade Gallman Jr., 98% available. What's the old saying? One man's misfortune is another man's good fortune. And uh, for those Saquon Barkley uh, owners out there, once again, I'm sorry. He went down and it looked like he's going to miss some time. Well, I'm guessing, you know, uh, three to five weeks with that, but uh, who knows? Uh, Barkley did come out tonight and said he's not done for the year. Um, so that tells me two things. One, he's going to be back, or at least he thinks he's going to be back. But two, for him to say it like that tells me he's going to miss some time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he left in crutches tonight. He had a soft cast on. Initial reports are high ankle sprain, but they're going to have an MRI tomorrow. We'll have to wait and see. Now, in the first season, Gallman showed he can, ha you know, he can handle running back duties, and he has some fancy value as a rookie in the league. He had a total of 669 yards, 34 catches in 13 games, and yards per carry of 4.3. So this guy can be productive, and I think things are going to open up, too. If it was Eli Manning there, I wouldn't be too excited, but I really feel like Daniel Jones is going to open things up for him there. Uh, in his first season, showed he's got good hands, and he's very good in the passing game. I think that's really important there. He did vulture a touchdown in week one here. Uh, like I said, I like Daniel Jones. I think everybody in that offense benefits from him starting there, and he's probably going to be very, very highly sought after waiver wire claim this week once again. Wayne Gallman, um, if you own Barkley, you got to handcuff him, and if you don't, he could be a guy that you could use for a few weeks there uh, as a plug-and-play, especially as we hit some buys. Yeah, I was going to say, I hate to play the role of captain obvious here, but if you own Barkley and you were relying on him to be your number one running back, that much is obvious, and this has got to be the number one waiver claim for you this week, pretty much hands down. All right, so what about Rashad Penny? 37% available. This is a guy that you need to take a look at getting. If he's out there, absolutely pick him up. Uh, worst thing comes to worst, he adds good bench depth to your running back.
and he's got high upside. He's a former first-round pick that Seattle drafted to be the guy in their offense, and last year was a bit of a disappointment, but he looks so much better this year. The last two games, he has looked good, and even more important than that, because you can look as good as you want. Opportunity is at least half of the battle in fantasy, and I think he's going to really start to see some opportunity as we move forward. Uh, Chris Carson has three fumbles in two weeks. That's getting to a point where they're going to have to start sitting this guy and taking carries away from him if that's going to continue. Turnover battles are really a majority of what wins NFL teams games. That is how you win by winning the turnover battle. And so I think they're going to have to start giving some extra carries to Penny, giving him some extra time out there. And so I think Penny's got some value. You need to go out there and make sure you're picking up this guy. Yeah, two weeks ago, uh, Penny sat this week with an injury, but two weeks ago, Carson had the two fumbles there, and sure enough, Penny got some action. He actually outperformed him, had a touchdown, had more yards, yards per carry were better. He was definitely just the better running back on the field. Now, at that point, we said, hey, Chris Carson's still the better back, and this is his team, but then he goes out this week and fumbles again. you got to grab Penny. Uh, if you're a Chris Carson owner, you got to be a little concerned at this point. Another guy you need to consider picking up there is Ronald Jones. He's not wildly available, but he is available in about 30% of leagues out there. So after week one, he goes out and he has a good week. 13 carries, 75 yards, and a yards per carry of 5.77. Went on the video, we talked about the fact that he's a younger back. He's got more upside than Barber. He's definitely talented, and he is the type of player that the Bucks would love to become their franchise running back if he could prove to be reliable there. But they go into week two, right? Bucks go with the hot hand. The hot hand that week was Barber. Barber goes out and he has a good game in terms of yards. He had a touchdown, but he wasn't really efficient. He had a yards per carry of 3.6. Just kind of reminded that he's a he's kind of a plower, head first type of guy. Uh, does not very explosive. And Barbie's got a much more, I guess you would say, a lower bar, um, a lower ceiling. So coming into week three, who's going to be the guy? It's going to be Barber Jones. Well, this week Jones was clearly the better back. So he goes out has 14 carries, 80 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, and he also added one catch for 41 yards, and that was huge. And I'll tell you why that was huge. That one catch for 41 yards. Because one of the deficiencies in Jones's game, one of the concerns was he wasn't very good, wasn't very effective in passing uh, downs, didn't have great hands, things like that, right? Has a wonderful catch there, but he also went out in week one and had a one catch for 18 yards. Uh, so this guy's been working on that part of his game. He's improving that area. I think it's going to increase his value. It's going to increase the likelihood he becomes the go-to back for that team there. I'm going to go out there and say this right now. By the end of the year, Jones will be their starting back. They're not going to keep giving Barber the ball there. They want to look to the future, and I think the future is going to be Ronald Jones. You need to grab him once again. Uh, that's really important. All right, we've got probably far from the most exciting pick out there, but Carlos Hyde, 37% available. Uh, yeah, guys, his yards per carry isn't great, but I'm going to make this short and I'm going to make this sweet. He's the clear lead back, and he is a touchdown machine with specific standard value. This is a guy that should be owned in every single league, at least to add depth to your roster. There you go. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. Yeah, you talk about his yards per carry. Uh, actually, going into this week, his yards per carry was really good. But then today, he kind of a bad game. It was like 11 carries for 17 yards. Definitely brought down that yards per carry. But then he offsets that by getting the goal line plunge. plunge you get that red zone carry. Uh, get that touchdown. That's huge. He had that today. And I think he's going to get many more of those. It's clear to me that he's the first and second down back for the Texans. There. Would you agree with that? Yeah. yeah seems pretty guy. obvious. Kenyon Drake, I, I know I'm going to talk about this guy, but I'm going to. 39% um, available out there. If you're really desperate, Drake could be somebody to consider. And some of you out there are desperate. I know some of you are going to watch and say, Drake, man, you guys, what are you talking about? This is insane to even consider him. But there are some owners out there that I would tell you right now that are that desperate. I know some people that are in 18-team leagues or 16-team leagues. So here's why maybe you could consider him. First of all, you need to be in a large league and have really nobody on your bench that you can trust. Uh, I'm really qualifying this quite a bit, but you have to with Drake. 
Um, you look at Kalen Balaj, he has been terrible. And if you consider how bad the Dolphins' offense has been, Drake has been okay. Today he goes out, he has 38 yards rushing, and he had three catches for 34 yards receiving there. Um, it's good. This is a guy that if you can get out in space, he can be very active in the passing game. He could have value in PPR leagues. Now, he did lose a fumble at the goal line, but he's really the only back in that entire offense that can even move the chains at all. And so... Um, Got to watch this guy. He's had 10 catches for three games. I think that's good. Honestly, if you're very desperate, you have to be desperate. He's a guy that you could grab. I mentioned earlier in the video, uh, the Dolphins are bad. They're going to be historically bad, but they've got to improve. They can't continue. They're going to put some points on the board. And I think he's a guy that from time to time would have some plug-and-play value. Well, you have to consider uh, a few other things and that really work together in saying, guys, bench depth at running back is going to get more and more important as we move deeper and deeper into the season. Reason number one, bye weeks. There's going to be one point in a season where I think there's four less games than normal. I don't know which week it is, but there starts to be less and less games, and guys are just going to have bye weeks, right? I mean, what are you going to do when Christian McCaffrey's not playing? He's not hurt, but he's not playing. On top of it, we've seen always add bench depth to your roster. What are you going to do when your guy, Saquon Barkley, hurts his ankle? I mean, as much as we want to say, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this guy, don't keep dead weight on your bench. At least try to take some shots on some guys with high upside. He should at least find himself on a couple of rosters and deep leagues. I mean, yeah. that's that. You bring up a really good point there, and too, that's that, you know, one of these teams out there that's in contention who's struggling, you know, maybe it's the Texans or maybe it's uh, New York in the meantime, where they're waiting for Barkley to come back. Um, not that I'm saying that New York's in contention, but they definitely need help at running back now. Uh, I won't be all that surprised if a team picks him up, just throw some veteran depth on their bench, and he could benefit from that. So just keep an eye on him. All right, here's another guy. I feel like a lot, I mean, there's not much running back talent out there. So we're kind of qualifying a lot of these guys and saying, hey, Chris Thompson, these guys, 56% available. I'm not huge on him, but many of you guys are looking to add some bench depth or replace an injured starter, whatever it may be. He's far from amazing, uh, but he's got PPR value. He's used a lot in the passing game, and he has 14.9 fantasy points over the last two weeks. That's far from amazing, but if you are looking to plug and play to deal with a bye week or an injury or to just add some depth in a PPR league, Chris Thompson is a guy at 56% available that you can go out there and pick up and then you should at least have sitting there waiting in case something happens. So I can't believe we're even having this conversation again. Jamal Williams, 91% available. If you've been following our site for a couple years, we were big a couple years ago. We kept telling everybody Jamal Williams is not going to be the guy. Aaron Jones is much better, much better. We got a lot of heat for that. And Aaron Jones proved to be the much better running back, right? But for like two years, the Packers coaches couldn't see what everybody else in the league saw, which is that Aaron Jones is a way better running back than Jamal Williams, right? Last week, Jones goes out against a very good Vikings defense and has an amazing game, crushes it, right? And then the coach comes out this week, Coach LaFleur, said he wants to even up touches between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are we going to do this again? Williams is not the better back. But I tell you what, that's exactly what the coach did this week. He stuck to his word. And Williams actually outcarried Jones 10 to 12. And he had outgained him 59 to 19. He also had more catches. He had two catches for 27 yards versus Jones 1 through 4. So um, this is getting concerning there, the usage. Now, Jones did have two touchdowns today. And I'm going to say this, barring an injury, um, I don't see Williams becoming the lead back. Jones is simply the better player as last two years and many metrics have shown. But based on the coach's comments... And the usage today, I think, is a guy that needs to be stashed out there. Once again, I still can't believe that we're having this conversation, but the coach seems committed to even up those carries, so I think you need to grab Jamal Williams, throw on your bench. 
All right, guys, so we've got Frank Gore here. And first thing I gotta say, he had a better week this week than I thought he was gonna have. I was telling people to avoid starting him, but he wasn't a terrible start, in fact. He really surprised me. We're gonna talk about some of that. I think some people are getting a little overhyped on him, but let's break down some of the numbers. Over the last two weeks, he's had 33 carries for 144 yards, two touchdowns, and an improved yards per carry of 4.36. This is really surprising for a running back who's 36 years old and came into this season as what I thought was going to be the third running back behind McCoy and Singletary. They get rid of McCoy and then Singletary gets hurt. That opens up this availability for this guy who is, by the way, 43% available, available in fantasy leagues. Now, there are a few things to note. One of the things being, he was actually held out of the end zone the majority of the game this week against the Bengals until, I believe it was under two minutes. It was like a minute 57 left. Um, he had a one-yard touchdown run. Other than that one-yard run late in the game, that was really it. If the Bills were up by more points, if they were winning, if it was a solid victory, I don't think he would even gotten those carries. It wouldn't matter. I don't think that he's going to get that sort of touchdown in most weeks. Additionally, you also have to look at the fact that, do you know that the Cincinnati Bengals have given up more fantasy points to running backs than any other team in the NFL? Then you couple that with the fact that Devin Singletary is going to come back and he's going to be the lead running back. He is better in the passing game. He so far has looked at least a little bit better in the running game. And he is the younger back. All that considered, I don't think this guy has huge fantasy value going forward. But if you're in deep leagues and you're nervous about Singletary, yeah, Frank Gore is a guy to consider at 43% available. Teddy Bridgewater, 94% available. Guy's first start today in a long time. Um, the Saints got truly defensive touchdowns, so he didn't really need to do much there. He didn't need to throw the ball quite a bit. But what we did see was he looked pretty comfortable running a high-powered offense, and he did it in enemy territory playing in Seattle. It looked pretty good. He went out to 177 yards passing and two touchdowns. This week he faces Dallas. Now, Dak Prescott on that offense, they're looking great. They're moving the ball. They're scoring points, which means Teddy's going to need to score points to keep him in that game and to win that game there. I like Teddy Bridgewater if you're looking for somebody. If you're somebody who lost Drew Brees or if you lost um, Ben Roethlisberger, somebody like that, I think he's definitely a guy that you could stream. He's got a good matchup this week, and he looked pretty good uh, in his first start. All right, so for those of you guys who are streaming quarterbacks, 29% available. Josh Allen is a great quarterback to stream. This week coming up, he's going to be playing uh, the New England Patriots in a tough divisional matchup. Yeah, the Patriots are a good team, but he's going to have to score points to win that game. So that right there, I think, uh, bodes really well for his fantasy value. When you look at his passing numbers, he doesn't look like a great quarterback. He's averaging only 250 yards per game, and he's only throwing one touchdown per game. Those numbers are far from phenomenal. But for some reason, he's averaging 21.5 fantasy points per game. And why is that? That's because of what he's doing on the ground. He has two touchdowns uh, over the first three games, and he had 46 rushing yards last game. Those numbers are very good for a very mobile quarterback, which A, means it's going to help him in the passing game, buy time and make deep throws, but also, of course, those rushing touchdowns, that adds a lot as well. Uh, now, this was something that uh, really surprised me. I was watching NFL Red Zone today, so I'm going to quote NFL Red Zone what they said. I, don't, I didn't necessarily know if this is true, but they said since week 12 of last season, he has been the number four fantasy quarterback. That right there bodes really, really well for him. Um, I couldn't quite have the time to really quantify and qualify and check all of that. But from what I looked, that actually seemed to be about accurate. And this is a guy who is a really good matchup this week, or not a great matchup, but a good matchup, and has been a really good fantasy quarterback. So Josh Allen is a guy to play this week for sure. 
Yeah, some concerns might be the Patriots' defense is playing lights out. If you go back last year, I think you go back like the last 11 or 12 games, they're playing really, really well. Uh, this year, they're playing great, obviously, but they're also been playing some very bad offenses there. Um, we'll see what that defense is made of this week. I think that defense is obviously going to play well. Patriots are going to win, I believe, but I think that Josh Allen will be able to get some points on the board there, and I think it'll benefit you. So I love that stat that you quoted from Red Zone. That was awesome. Matthew Stafford. 48% available versus Kansas City. Kansas City allows a lot of points to quarterbacks there. Now, up to this point, Matthew Stafford's got six passing touchdowns in three weeks, and he's been very solid. Hasn't been great, but he's been a solid quarterback there. Now, Matt Patricia wants to avoid a shootout. Uh, he wants to avoid Stafford throwing over 30 times per game if he can. They're not going to be able to control the narrative in this one here. Patrick Mahomes is going to put points on that board. Game script's going to dictate that Stafford's going to need to throw the ball a lot, so I think it's a very good matchup this week. All right, so we've got Andy Dalton as a, as a quarterback that you should consider. Now, he played the Bills last week, and he struggled. And so people are probably wondering why. First of all, we like his two wide receivers, Ross and Tyler Boyd. But uh, also, he played the Bills last week. And the Bills are a good defense. You can look at the numbers. I'm not going to waste any time. But break down the Bills' defense so far this season. They've been a good defense. And what I like is coming up this week, they play, he plays Pittsburgh, who has given up the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks entering week three. And so I think this is a very good consideration going forward, Andy Dalton. There are a lot of quarterbacks we want to offer you as options. Andy Dalton is one of them. I think what else bodes well for him is they got Mixon finally going in the running game today a little bit. I think it's going to carry over to next week, and that's going to open up because not only it's going to play action, but also Mixon is highly used in the passing game. So that's going to help. What about Jacoby Brissett? 81% available out there. Plays Oakland this week coming up there. Um, a couple things to consider when we look at that next week. I think that's a decent matchup for him. I think he could do all right. Uh, Hilton left the game injured today. Obviously, his availability is going to greatly affect the value of Jacoby in this one. So we're going to have to monitor that and see how he does. When he's on the field, that's a huge bonus for him. He's off the field. That decreases value quite a bit. He goes out today and has 310 passing yards. He's got seven touchdown passes for the season. That's really good there. So I think he's a guy that you can play if you need to. Um, I think there are better options out there, but definitely certainly worse options if you need to stream a quarterback this week. All right, Case Keenum. This guy is looking like the quarterback that he was when he was playing for Minnesota. He has been good this year. Uh, but what we really like about this is he's 85% available. This is a, one that really helps you out in two quarterback leagues or deep leagues. And he plays the Giants this week. And this was the real thing that we wanted to know. Plays the Giants this week. That defense has been brutal. In fact, they just played the Buccaneers and they made Jameis Winston, who had been struggling the first few weeks, they made Jameis Winston look like a Hall of Famer. So this is a really solid matchup play. Of course, we like Terry McLaurin and Case Keenum had a good year this year far from an amazing quarterback he's not going to be pat mahomes this week uh, but he is probably a pretty good play or at least a good consideration daniel jones what do i say uh wow if you're a new york fan you got to be excited and a lot of people are upset that eli got benched but it was obviously the right choice the rookie first round pick goes out today guys first start and he played great to the tune of 336 passing yards no interceptions he threw two touchdowns, and he also had two rushing touchdowns and 28 yards rushing. Had a great game. He was huge. Uh, but there was a lot of indications that he was going to be a good quarterback. He looked great in the preseason. In fact, there was kind of a little bit of discussion in the preseason. Should it be him or Eli Manning? I think looking back, we know who it should have been in retrospect, right? Um, Eli Sidney was the right choice. Now, this week come up, they play Washington. Now, Washington is a better defense than Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense looked good the first two weeks, but I think we're being honest on paper. We know going into this year that Tampa Bay's defense was going to be in the bottom third. I think they begin to show a little bit of that today, and we're going to see that moving forward. So I think Washington's defense is a little bit more difficult, but still a defense that can be exposed. Now, one concern would be losing Saquon Barkley. How much does that hurt his value? Daniel Jones, right? In some ways, it could hurt him. In a lot of ways, it could help him. One, he got Sterling Shepard back. Sterling Shepard's a quality wide receiver. 
Got Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is one of the best young tight ends in football right now. Uh, not having Saquon Barkley there will hurt, but it also forced him to throw the ball more. So if you like, uh, if you need somebody out there, I like Daniel Jones, somebody that you could take a shot on. Marcus Mariota, 88% available playing Atlanta. Atlanta's defense is not a top-tier defense, obviously. And I think that Demarcus has been better this year than he was the last couple of years, so I think that's a good thing. But he's not a prolific passer. Now, the Titans thrive on playing defense and running the ball. I think there are better options out there. So if you're concerned Marcus Mariota, you could definitely do that. But I, I think I would encourage you to look somewhere else to find your quarterback for week four. All right, Gardner Minshew, I love this guy. Great name, great mustache, and great play. Um, he is 92% available, and people are probably a little bit nervous as he plays Denver this week. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of talent on that Denver defense, but they haven't quite been that same Denver defense this uh, this season that they have been in the past. In fact, through the first two weeks, they didn't get a single sack. Furthermore, I like that Gardner Minshew has looked good. He came out week one, replaced Nick Foles, and he looked good, but we had some questions. Week two came, week three came. He looked good last week against the Tennessee Titans, or this last week, I should say, his last game. I tell you what, Gardner Minshew is a guy to consider for sure. How about tight ends? Look at Will Disley, tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. 57% available out there. So last week, he goes out, he had five catches, 50 yards, and two touchdowns. This week, he follows it up with six catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, with a lot of teams that are struggling to find a good tight end out there, you need to grab this guy. He did some things last year, kind of give indications that he had that sort of talent. He could be very successful. Last year, he had one game early in the year, had three catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Had another week right after that, three catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, played two more games sparingly and then got injured. He's a guy that you need to grab. I think he's got huge value, not just a plug-and-play, but I think he could become your weekly tight end. In fact, I picked him up and played him and sat O.J. Howard there, and I'm glad that I did. All right, for the Houston Texans, we've got Jordan Akins. This guy, many of you probably didn't even know who he was heading into this game, but man, he had a big week, three catches for 73 yards and two touchdowns. As you just alluded to, you just talked about, uh, there's a real need for tight ends out there. And so this is a guy to absolutely consider, especially if you're forced to have a backup tight end or a bench tight end. I know a few leagues do that. Uh, not only the huge week last week, I think that what really that came from was not necessarily a fluke, but the fact that the Houston Texans were really, 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 really trying to solve their terrible offensive line issues. And so they were playing a lot of two tight end sets and trying to get these guys out there um, and use them in the passing game and mix them in to help the blocking and the running game. I think that's a trend that's going to continue. With how bad that offensive line has been, uh, Deshaun Watson absolutely needs that to play better if his career is going to last any longer, if his season is going to last any longer. And so I think that's adjustment that we're going to start to see moving forward. Maybe not quite to that extent, maybe not quite 73 yards and two touchdowns extent, uh, but Jordan Akins is a guy to consider, a guy to watch out for in the future. I think he's going to get more use as that team has more confidence from a really good week three that he had. Now they got there, Jason Witten, 46% available today, has three catches, 54 yards. Didn't have to press too much later in the game. He might have put up bigger numbers if they needed to. Simply didn't need to. Found the end zone the first two weeks, and next week he plays New Orleans. Now he's a guy that has a safe floor, but I would say because of his age, got a lower ceiling there. But with bye weeks coming up, he's a guy that you could definitely play. He's a decent plug-and-play for you. All right, as a Vikings fan, I was excited to see the way that Irv Smith played this week. Uh, if you're in a league where you just look in, you got a deep bench, and you just want to like watch this guy for sleeper value or stash him or whatever, um, this has got to be the guy. Not only does he draft it for... His hands and his route running ability, they talked about for a tight end. He is almost a wide receiver. That's really what they talked about. And you know what? The numbers proved he hit a good week and uh, and he looked fast. 
Not only that, but even more importantly, Kyle Rudolph is really more of a blocking tight end. He's such an overrated fantasy tight end. I think even the Vikings are starting to notice that. And so this is definitely a guy who was second-round pick. He had three catches for 60 yards this last week. Uh, Irv Smith, he's a guy to consider. He's a guy to keep your eye on at least. Lastly, we want to throw out two names for you. One is Golden Tate. The other is Chris Herndon. These guys coming in this last week, uh, their suspensions are basically over, and so these are guys to consider. Chris Herndon, tight end. Golden Tate, wide receiver. If you need a guy at those positions, uh, they're guys who really, because their suspensions haven't been considered in the waiver wire, and they often fall very underrated or very underused and often don't get picked up because people simply forget about them. So that's just two, name, two more names for you guys to consider.